now with the virtual world, we're actually able to engage with scientists from different parts of the world and then connect with their networks. There has become sort of broad recognition that we have a responsibility in higher education to provide our PhD students with a broader set of skills and competencies. That can be another way of getting information that you might not know. You're listening to Vitamin PhD, a podcast from Boston University delivering career narratives and know-how to supplement your doctoral studies. Hello, and welcome back to another season of the Vitamin PhD podcast. We're your hosts for this season, which focuses on research skills across the disciplines. My name is Matt Boyd. I'm a first year PhD student in computer engineering here at Boston University. My interests are in robotics and automation, specifically on the software and artificial intelligence side of making the hardware a little bit smarter. I come from a previous career in corporate IT before I started transitioning to engineering at BU, so I may come from a slightly different background than maybe a typical PhD student. Hi everyone, my name is Heather Mooney and I am a sixth year PhD candidate in sociology here at BU. My interests are pretty broad, but I would say I'm most interested in the relationship of identity to institutions and life outcomes. And a bit more specifically, I'm interested in the intersections of race, class, gender, and emotion in relation to social control and constructions of crime and deviance, which is sometimes described as cultural or theoretical criminology. My current research project focuses on race and gender in the production and consumption of the true crime genre, and my other ongoing project examines the experiences of care workers on the front lines of the opioid epidemic. I'm also interested in qualitative research methods, new media and digital spaces, death and dying, collective trauma and memory, critical race theory and critical whiteness studies, as well as feminist theories, and I'm also interested in teaching and pedagogy in university classrooms. As Matt just mentioned, this season of Vitamin PhD is all about research skills, something all PhDs and prospective PhD students need need to learn and refine over their academic career. In this first episode of this season, we tackle the question, what even is research? Our guest today will be Professor Greg Wright, and let's let him introduce himself. I'm Greg Wright, and uh, for the next, I think it's actually like two days, I'm Uh, still Associate Professor of Economics at UC Merced. Um, And then, yeah, on July 29th, here in a couple of days, I'm going to be starting as a fellow at the Brookings Institution. And, uh, but I'll still be actually Associate Professor at UC Merced. Um, So I'm taking leave uh, from from Merced. And uh, yeah, so I'll become a fellow at the Brookings Institution. And Eventually, sometime probably in the next few weeks, I'll take over leading this uh, Workforce of the Future initiative at Brookings. Um, and yeah, we can talk more about what the Workforce of the Future initiative is and, and what that means, but, uh, but that's, that's where I am right now. Excellent. Thank you so much for telling us a little bit about yourself. And the first question we have for you today is, what is research? What is research? It's great because it's the kind of thing you don't reflect on too much. You know, you're you're sort of in your world and you're doing the research and you're you have your interests and your uh, your trajectory. I mean, what is research? And you know, it's uh, you know, there's obviously like a common theme that runs through everyone's research that um, probably is the way you would answer the question, which is something that is just you know, it's, it's about inquiry and it's about trying to understand the world and it's um, about just asking questions and. And, you know, as I say these things and think about these things, 
And you just realize kind of in some sense how fortunate we are to be able to do it. I mean, what a what a crazy job, right? That we that just inquiry is what, you know, at least potentially, hopefully for you sometime soon, you'll get paid to do <laughs> research is very different things to very different disciplines and people. And so when you think about the different types of questions that people are asking and the way they're going about them, yeah, just hugely diverse. You know, what I would say is I've only kind of really begun to appreciate that in the last few years. I think when you're a PhD student, you're so focused on your research and what's expected of you that, you know, you're not really that familiar. You know, I'm an economist. It's really only in the last few years that I've really come to understand really what it means to be a sociologist. Wow, what an insightful answer. Now, can you distill it down into just a few words? Our overarching question of this season that we are going to ask all of our guests is, to be honest, a bit of a challenging one. In three to five words, finish this sentence. Research is what? I think, you know, research is a search for insights, right? I mean, I think that's what we're doing. We're um, looking for patterns and and structure and, and uh, you know, answers. <laughs> And we're searching for insights. So yeah, three to five words um, that captures, you know, the commonality of all the types of research, I think is just about asking questions. Okay, I think that was a few more than three to five words, uh, but still right to the point. So thank you. Uh, now we're going to take a little segue from speaking to Professor Wright and hear from four current PhD students, uh, both here at BU and from other institutions all over the nation. First question we ask these students is, what does research mean to you? So research to me means thinking of either gaps in knowledge um, in the world, whether it be in biology or whether it be in anthropology or physics, um, and sort of seeking how can we elucidate things in those fields or how can we meet a critical need for something? Um, and it also comes from a point of curiosity generally about the world and how it functions. For me, research is um, largely archival work. Um, so for me, I look through digital archives as well as I, I kind of consider um, what can be archives. How can we rethink what archives really are? Um, and so I kind of think about like the transgender body as a specific archive in and of itself is kind of like a, an archive of, of uh, medicine. Um, so yeah, so, so looking through that and kind of making an analysis through these, these ideas of, of archive. I feel like I've said archive a bunch. Um. <laughs> yeah, so I would say that research is really deep diving into a topic, but also once you do that deep dive and kind of make your what your plan is and your ideas about it are, I would say after that, the important part is disseminating that information. So I think it's like a two-pronged um, explanation of what research is. Um, I think that that is a really fantastic question. And it's probably the question that I have a, a least well thought out answer to. Um, I mean, I would dictionary define research as, you know, the empirical study of either the social world for our discipline or for something else. Um, but broadly, I think about research as a process of discovery um, and a process of theory building in particular. Um, what can we learn about these things writ large? And then how can we use the knowledge that is produced? So it's not just you know, shouted into the ether, um, 
I think that's an important part of research as well. So we can tell research means a lot of different things to different people, depending on where they are in their PhD journey, and of course, depending on their field. That was useful, and thank you to all of our students for their answers. We do want to ask the same, which I think is a much more difficult question, in three to five words, again, for our students, finish the sentence, research is. Research is an inquisitive search for answers. Um, I think messy, um, underfunded, <laughs> and um, self-directed. I would say research is exciting, draining, and I was going to say worth it, but that's two words. Um, <laughs> I'll say worth it, <laughs> yeah. Effing difficult. Um, super compelling. Wow, so many good answers. Yeah, no kidding. I really love that question. I think we're going to get a lot of good answers over the course of the season on that one. Uh, our student panel in order there was Amanda Ruiz, a pathobiology student at Brown University, Dana Ahern, a feminist studies scholar at UCSB, Kiara Lee, biomedical engineering student at Brown University, and Kristen Zock, a sociology student here at BU. Quick note to our listeners, we'll be hearing from our PhD student panel over the course of the season. They'll be answering some of the same questions we ask our main guests in each episode. And here we really wanted to get perspectives of current PhD students in different programs and different universities to help give a little more context to some of the topics we'll be covering this season. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to hearing their take on a lot of the questions and the big topics that we cover this season. They should really add quite a bit to the conversation. And now back to our interview with Professor Greg Wright. And this is a question I know Matt is particularly keen to hear the answer to. Professor Wright, how would you define research for someone who's new to research, like Matt or another first-year PhD student, for example? So, I mean, all of that stuff is really part of the research process, really, you know, because it's not just about sitting in your room and, and thinking deeply. Um, it's about making decisions about, among all the range of questions I could ask, what question do I ask? Of all the methods I could use, which method do I use? How, you know, how do I want to formulate the question and make the argument? How do I want to communicate it to uh, the profession? All of these things. So, um, you know, research, I think, is just, it has multiple dimensions. There's multiple elements of, of research. And, um, and I think as you go through them, what you do is you figure out which ones you're good at and which ones you're not so good at. And you come to terms <laughs> with that reality, right? You come, you have to face, come, you have to come to reality where it is, right? And sometimes that is, hey, I'm really good at these things and um, I'm not so good at those things. And so what research becomes, um, I think is very individual specific. You know, what, to be honest, if I think, you know, what, if, what am I good at in research for me has become, you know, finding people that can kind of complement the things that I do, focus on the things I do well, which is the writing and the thinking of questions and formulating arguments. Um, and, and yeah, and then it just evolves and it's always evolving. I'm sure, I'm sure it's true for, for you as well. Sort of what research is, I think just, you know, changes and it's probably not what you think it's going to be. I, I think, 
that's what I, that's what I've learned. And, and then now I'm doing a completely different thing. So, I mean, research is going to become very different for me now than it's been. So I, I think, um, you know, and I think this is probably just a story about life, right? Life isn't always what you think it's going to be. Research isn't always what you think it's going to be. What will your trajectory be? Who knows, right? Hmm, totally. I really like that answer. I think of research as this kind of unapproachable monolithic thing that just happens in academia, but it's hard to wrap my head around it. The idea of how individual it can be based on what our individual talents or specialties are is, is very interesting. Yeah, definitely. I've absolutely found that to be the case. And especially about how much research evolves over time. My projects when I came into graduate school look a lot different than what I'm ending up with for my dissertation research. Yeah, totally. So thinking about research and research being a skill, uh, presumably a skill that can be improved over time, right? If that's the case, are there exercises or courses you could recommend, Professor Wright, to help in building that skill? Kind of at some point, you just have to do the research and you have to do it badly. Just do bad research. And then you'll be, oh, this is bad. Okay, I, now I see why it's bad. Or someone will tell you it's bad and then you'll, you'll figure it out. And, and, you know, of course, even now, it's always like that. And, and yes, it is a skill. Yes, you are continually, you know, improving that skill forever, probably. Um, you know, we all send our papers to journals and the referees don't like it. And, um, and, and it's that way for the top people in the profession. You know, they get, get harsh feedback all the time. So, of course, it, it is a skill. I, one way I approach sometimes a research question is like, if I, let's say I want to answer this question, what would be the perfect data? And what would be the perfect way of answering it and the perfect environment for answering it? And, you know, what, what would be the perfect natural experiment to identify, you know, the causal effect and all of that, and then work from there, right? So I think just in, I was thinking about like, in terms of like the research muscle building, sometimes as you go through research questions, I think it's useful maybe to just think about what would an ideal scenario be and then kind of go from there and think about what the challenges you face because you're, there's some gap between the data you have and the data you'd like or the problem you're trying to solve and really how, whether or not you can get there. I mean, I think it's sort of the easy answer that people probably give quite a bit is just love of learning. Like, I think it's just unavoidable. I think, you know, we're probably all in PhD programs and in academia. Uh, because at some point we just realized that we just kind of like it. We just kind of like learning. We like reading. We like figuring things out, understanding the sort of the, the game element of it. And that's kind of a cynical way of saying it maybe. But, um, you know, there are elements of every discipline that um, determine, you know, your relative success. And some of those things are perfectly good. You know, they have, you know, there's their norms and expectations that have been developed over years and years and years that have pushed the field forward and pushed the discipline forward. And there's good reasons for them. In economics, like I was saying, this kind of empirical revolution, this obsession with causality and all the methods that have developed around that, I think are, are on net, like very, very good. Maybe another way of saying this is being able to do the backward induction of how looking at, you know, what type of work is successful and sort of um, figuring out why it's successful and then learning to incorporate those things in your own work, right? Yeah, absolutely. Reverse engineering, I totally like that. <laughs> I like 
that way of thinking about it, it makes it a little more approachable to start from something I like, something that's good, and then kind of work backwards from there. Yeah, yeah, very true. So thinking more broadly about academia and the climate we find ourselves in today, we live at a time when people can be skeptical of academics, experts, scholars, and researchers. How do you think we can mitigate that and maybe rebuild some trust with some of these communities? We're in a unique period of time where there's distrust of authority more generally. And I think when you think about that type of question in the context of politics or you know, even outside of academia in various ways, um, the smartest people that I know don't have great answers to that question. Um, and so I think even in the context of academia, it's, it's kind of the same thing. I, um, you know, it's something I'm really interested in and I will be thinking a lot about because of Brookings, the point of Brookings is to communicate research output. That's my job and well, to do the research, but then the communication is a major portion of the job. It's the funders as well. You know, there are people at, um, you know, the uh, at the Gates Foundation, and there are people at the Rockefeller Foundation who are funding projects who are, of course, thinking about these same things. You know, I'm giving we're giving people, you know, millions and millions of dollars, not only to just do this research, but to communicate it. And and how can we get to the communities um, that uh, make people responsive to this research? And I mean, you probably have to meet people where they are to some extent, and you need to, you know, make sure that people that things aren't just published on the Brookings website, that people aren't that, that things aren't just don't just show up on, you know, NPR or don't just show up, you know, you need probably to get as broad reach as you can. And, and, you know, at the Workforce of the Future, you know, we have relationships with um, the Texas um, Higher Education uh, Board, and we have relationships in Colorado with their Department of Labor, and we have um, relationships with the city of Boise. And so I think the more that uh, we can kind of engage, you know, policymakers, not just in DC, but engaging people sort of around the country, I think that's a start. Yeah, those broader relationships, you're right, so valuable. That's a good note to leave our listeners on. But before we go, I just had one last question, Professor Wright. Where do you see your field going and maybe research in general going? I mean, so, you know, one interesting thing is that like social media has changed things, you know, it's changed everything. And, and, you know, one of the ways that social media has changed things, I mean, this just occurred to me just now, I was that, well, it didn't just occur to me. I mean, people talk about this, but um, it's provided a real forum for this kind of reflection actually. And it's, you know, there's, <laughs> there's certainly a lot that's problematic with social media. And there's something on Twitter, you know, it's called the econ Twitter hashtag. And the econ Twitter is just this community, you know, of people who talk about economics. And, uh, you know, people have different views on sort of how productive or interesting or useful, you know, these type of discussions are. But I think they are, ultimately, I do think that they are on net um, useful. So, so economics is like probably many disciplines um, in the midst of a conversation about itself. So, you know, when I think about the future, I... I you know, there are just some really um, smart people who are dedicating themselves to these type of questions. And we just hope that that um, translates into more inclusiveness of economics in the future. And from a substantive viewpoint, you know, I think economics is just focused on many of the things that other disciplines and people are focused on right now, which is, you know, what is the future of society and work post COVID? And um, economists are, of course, thinking about 
you know, is there, are there, you know, a big question is, are there structural changes um, going on because of this pandemic? Like, is the economy going to actually look different uh, at the end of all of this? Or is it going to be um, just back to status quo? You know, we saw this, these big job losses, basically those same jobs will come back. Um, you know, the thing we see right now, like workers having uh, greater bargaining power, you know, people not going back to their super low wage jobs and, and that meaning that firms have to bid up prices for workers and, you know, but hey, is this a structural change that's going to be sustainable or is this just kind of like, you know, once people, once COVID is um, lessened and um, childcare is fixed and um, people are less afraid to go to inside and blah, blah, blah. Is this just going to go back to normal? Yeah, yeah. That is the same question. I wonder every day, will we get back to quote unquote normal or is there a new normal that we're living in now? Yeah, that's definitely a great question to end on today. Uh, thank you all for joining us in the first episode of the research skills season of the vitamin PhD podcast. Join us next time when we explore the research process and research design with Professor Michael Janert from the Worcester Polytechnic Institute, as well as our graduate student panelists. Stop by the Vitamin PhD podcast website for more details about the show and past and upcoming episodes. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch up soon.